coming from Hebrews chapter 3 this morning. And the reading will commence at chapter 3, verse 12. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12, and on into chapter 4. See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ if we hold firmly till the end the confidence we had at first. As has just been said, today, if you hear his voice... Do not harden your hearts, as you did in the rebellion. Who were they who heard and rebelled? Were they not all those Moses led out of Egypt? And with whom was he angry for forty years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the desert? And to whom did God swear that they would never enter his rest, if not those to those who disobeyed? So we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have had the gospel preached to us, just as they did. But the message they heard was of no value to them, because those who heard did not combine it with faith. Now we who have believed enter that rest, just as God has said, so I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. And yet his work has been finished since the creation of the world. For somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in these words, and on the seventh day God rested from all his work. And again, in the passage above, he says, They shall never enter my rest. It still remains that some will enter that rest, and those who formerly had the gospel preached to them did not go in because of their disobedience. Therefore, God again set a certain day, calling it today. When a long time later he spoke through David, as was said before, Today... If you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from his own work, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will fall by following their example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered 
and laid there before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Amen. As we come to the Lord today. What do you need most today? If you had a wish list, what would be on it? More food? You have to wait for that. More friends, more cash. Better health, new job, or maybe a job. A good holiday, where it never stops sun and shining. Lower rent, less pollution, better lifestyle. We live in a world of all kinds of voices and instant news today. But what we need most is to hear the voice of God. We've never been in greater need as Christians, as churches, as countries of listening to the Lord Jesus Christ who is the living word, capital W, the living word of God. Now there was a man called John Wesley whose name I'm sure you know, he was very religious but something was seriously still missing as he entered this tiny chapel in London. As he listened to the word preached, the spirit of Christ was at work and he found his heart strangely warmed. Which words I used, I think, the last time I was here. But that heart never called again. God spoke through his ministry, that heart-changing gospel that led to so many other lives won for Christ. And the Apostle John was a prisoner on a concentration camp on a lone island. But Christ came and he spoke final words of the Bible book to John and through John to us. And as we come this morning, we need to hear the voice of the living word. Let's pray. Speak, Lord, in the stillness, while we wait on thee. Hush our hearts to listen in expectancy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Mission Impossible. No, it's not the new film coming out. I haven't seen that. They're all too fast action for me. This is our mission that's impossible this morning. How can we, as mere mortals, approach the thrice holy God, whose awesome presence on Mount Sinai was attended by such power over all the forces of nature, and a voice so powerful it kept sinful mankind at a distance, that in the end the people had to say, Don't speak, Lord. It's too loud. It's too hard for me to hear. How can we draw close to the one who dwells in unapproachable light? The good news this morning, we don't have to. We don't have to. As the living word of God, Christ is the communicator of God. And he's the one speaking to us today. We have such a holy father who sends his Holy Spirit and he draws us with cords of love to the Holy Jesus. There was St. Augustine in a garden. It's a good place to be, actually, in a garden, isn't it? Lots of scripture things happen in gardens. He was in a garden, and he heard a voice saying, Take and read. Take and read. It was the living word of God that we found in this written word. And it was like wings that raised him to a new life that he'd never known before. That's the power of God's word. So where are we going to hear that word? Well, two ways we can hear the word this morning. In creation 
and salvation. We're not going to say an awful lot about creation because John wouldn't catch his train. We've been here a long time. One of his family won't catch the train. We hear the word of God in creation. The mysteries of creation are not hidden in some scientific formula. We have the perfect explanation in Psalm 33, 6. And I want you to focus on the words. By the word of the Lord. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. How incredible is that? And all the hosts of them therein, by the breath of his mouth. What can you do with your breath? What can I do with my words? God created a cosmos. In the beginning, God spoke to nothing, and it became something. The very order and the life that we live in today depends on our creator's voice. At creation, God said, and it was. That's how powerful his word is. God said, let there be light, and there was light. And the living word of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, brought light out of darkness uncountable centuries before this written word was blessed to us. The writer to the Hebrews sums it up like this in chapter 1, 2 to 3. God has spoken to us in these last days by his Son, through whom he weighed the world. And the Son upholds all things by the word of his power. We're going round the right planets at the right time because the Son upholds all things by the word of his power. In other words, through Christ, God speaks to his creation continually. It's a world-filling voice. And the very order and life of the world depends on the Lord Jesus Christ, the living word of God. We're going to move on to the hearing the voice of God in salvation. The Old Testament is important. I hope you agree with that. It's the Bible that the Lord Jesus quoted from and lived with. It's the Bible that the apostles took around with them. It's where they started. And the Old Testament prophets are important. Not because they had lots of posts. Not because they had lots of followers. Not because they had their own opinions or special takes on things. But it worked like this. God spoke and the prophet said, thus says the Lord. A perfect way. God speaks to the prophet. prophet speaks to the people. But we hear in 1 Samuel 15 of King Saul hearing God's word, telling him to do something. In his victory, you must sacrifice everything. everything. Don't leave anything unsacrificed. But he disobeyed God's voice. He did what he wanted to do. And he thought he could go through the religious motions and cover it all up. And Samuel comes along and says, Does the Lord delight in offering sacrifices as much as he does in obeying the voice of the Lord. There's poor Elijah. You have to feel sorry for him, don't you? He'd won a great victory. The Lord had given him that victory on Carmel over all those prophets of Baal. Wonderful victory. Now he's depressed. Now he prays that he might die. One of the few people who's going to go to glory without dying, he said, Lord, I've had enough. Is that where you are this morning? Do you know what it is to be like that? Had enough. He prayed that he might die. But the Lord's so good and so tender with us, isn't he? He knew what he needed. He knows what you need this morning. He knows what I need. First of all, he needed food and sleep. So God allowed him to have that twice over. And then he needed to be met with the Lord, to be in his presence. He was sent an earthquake, wind, fire, so he knows it is the Lord. 
But Lord wasn't in any of those things. How did he communicate with him? He spoke in a gentle whisper. But it was the voice of God. When God speaks to him, the vengeance of Jezebel and all the rest of it, that he was worried about so much before, he is at ease. He's got another job to do. He's off serving the Lord again. We have a living word. The Lord Jesus he speaks with power right through the ages. This is not virtual reality where you put some headset in and you can be almost anywhere you like. This is ultimate reality. God is here. God is speaking this morning. It's the basis of all Bible truths. The sovereign Lord is not silent, and we thank God for that. But a speaking God deserves a listening people. God's voice calls you and me this morning to trust and obey. It may be a children's chorus, but it's true. There is no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. And we have that warning. Keep coming back this morning. The MPs in Parliament, I don't know what happens today, but used to, when a motion came round, your party wants you to vote for something, three lines underneath, one, two, three, you've got to do it. Holy Spirit says four times to us in this book, in Psalm 95, which the Lord, the Spirit made, uh, led David to write, and in Hebrews 3 and 4, three times. It keeps on saying, today if you hear him speaking, don't harden your hearts. We have to beware hard harming. It's one of Satan's tricks. It's the ultimate form of self-harming. You see, God's people were escaping from Egypt. They'd seen God work in such an amazing way. All the things God did for them. They were standing by the sea. They'd escaped from Egypt. But then, what, what are we going to do, Moses? Where are we going to go? We're by the sea. Worst of all, here's Egypt coming with 600 plus chariots. Why have you brought us here? Why did you do it? But God opens the sea. The people are saved. They don't have to do anything. Stand still, he says. See the deliverance the Lord's going to give you. And when they've gone through, God closes the sea. You see, there are things that we think are really big and impossible. They're just a trifle for God. Just a trifle. God is at work in such an amazing way. Miracles that saved them. They kept warning his people. But they rebelled against God. They would not have him as a king. They forfeited the right to enter that promised land. We have to beware of the evil one. He's a cunning enemy. He knows my weaknesses and he knows yours. What did he do in the garden? What did he do in the garden? He whispered in the ear. Did God really say? That's where he starts. He starts with doubt. And very soon doubt can lead on to distrust. And very soon distrust leads on to disobedience. He's very crafty. He has a strategy. He wants to put sin in our heart and make it so hard it becomes our usual state of mind. The sad thing is it's happening with so many people today. So we need to beware that evil heart of unbelief that turns God's people to an evil end. Hebrews 3.12 The voice God's people heard was a life-changing voice but it didn't do them any good because they didn't combine it with faith. Chapter 4 verse 2 And if you go further to Hebrews 6 and 6 you see people start to fall away from the living God. You see how it's a kind of continuous thing. You start on that pathway. The greatest defection and apostasy ever. So this morning we need to make every effort to enter that heavenly rest prepared by God. What is the password? How do we get in there? Faith 
is a password. It's not a magic password. And if we read James chapter 2, verse 11 onwards particularly, it's a faith that's made complete by our actions. We are not saved by our actions, but they should be really good proofs of who we are. And if you have a heart of faith, it would love to take the living word at his word. He will trust in the God who can remove mountains. If you've got mountains of doubt and disbelief, he can melt them away in a moment. The world today worships God's substitutes. They've got so many substitutes for God out there. In all shapes and sizes. So sad. But the Lord Jesus Christ, the living word, is still speaking. We are in the today, the present age of grace. And our spiritual growth depends on hearing the word of God, on trusting the word of God, on obeying the word of God and sharing the word of God. Now Spurgeon had somebody who came to his, um, at one of his big meetings one day and when he was greeting him outside, the man insisted that he was sinless. Spurgeon was amazed by this. No, he said, I'm sinless. I have never, ever done, thought, said anything wrong. And I think Spurgeon didn't really know what to make of this man or how to talk to him. So he said, well, you, you come back to lunch with me. So they sat around the table, had some water ready. And all of a sudden, Spurgeon picked up the water and he threw it at him. And the man really was angry and, and was about to do him some damage. And Spurgeon said, aha, see, the old man is not dead, he's alive. He just needs reviving by water. There is no substitute for hearing and heeding the word of God. It will tell us we are all fulfilled with sin. There is none sinless. We all need a saviour. There is no substitute for hearing the voice of God, the word of God, the living word of God. He speaks to us today. Don't leave it till tomorrow. That is the devil's agenda. Tomorrow never, ever comes. Now, if like me, you struggled in your tenses at work when you learned foreign languages, I think we joined the club. I've never imagined there were so many tenses for things. Per perfect, pluperfect, imperfect, future perfect, conditional, all the rest. But with the Lord, it's the present continuous voice that makes the word so powerful. Because it's still powerful this morning. It will be powerful this evening when whoever's sitting, standing here will be speaking. Jesus was able to say, because he is the Lord, the words I've spoken to you, they are spirit. And they are life. He's speaking in the present tense. The words that Jesus spoke are still spirit and are still life today. They've still got the power. In other words, Christ, the word of God, speaks words that are life-giving. The scriptures encourage us to taste and see that the Lord is good. But we need to let Jesus' voice shape us, correct us, revitalize us. There was that sad scene in John 6 when people start to drift away from Jesus. Some are turning back and Jesus turns to his followers and says, are you going to do the same? Are you going to go off somewhere else too? And Peter's the one who comes up with the word. I have a great feeling for Peter. He sometimes puts his foot right in it and I think I do that very often. But here he has wonderful words that he's given. Where else can we go, Lord? Is that your, your, where you are this morning? Where else can we go? You have the words of eternal life. There's nobody in the whole world who can say that. 
We cannot go anywhere else. He has the words of eternal life. The one who spoke the Bible lives in those spoken words, uh, spoken years, in the words. He constantly speaks with power, a power that persists down through the years. Isaiah spoke of those words in Isaiah 61. Jesus spoke the same words in Luke 4. His voice preached good news to the poor in spirit. And it preaches good news to the poor in spirit right now. It proclaims freedom for the prisoners. People are on about modern slavery, which is quite right. We need to think about these things really seriously and do what we can to help. But Jesus' freedom for prisoners is those caught in the worst form of slavery, in the absolute stranglehold of sin. They cannot get loose unless Jesus releases them. And Jesus promises recovery of sight. Now, I'm always losing glasses. I don't know why I do it. I'm using reading glasses. I can't find enough sunglasses. And sometimes my eyes are getting really sore. And I think, I, I can't, you know, recovery of sight. Once I was blind... But now I can see. What a wonderful testimony. You don't need many words, do you? If it's heartfelt, you don't need many words. Recover his sight for the spirits you've blown. The voice of Jesus is even heard by the dead. Four days dead. Decomposing body would have thought, Lazarus, come out. And out he comes. The voice of the living word raises the spiritually dead to eternal life. No other voice can do that. Is his voice troubling us in some way today? Is he speaking to our conscience? Do we need pardon for something we haven't got there yet? Get to the cross quickly and get the pardon. Have you got a sense of something still missing, someone's missing still? You need to come to Jesus. Do it right now. The resurrection and the life. Are we struggling in the dark when the entrance of God's word is the thing that can bring us our light? Have we shut our ears and our hearts to the voice of God? Are we as sheep who have stopped listening to the good shepherd? Hebrews says a lot about encouraging each other. 3.13.10.25 Encourage each other daily. Have I done my encouraging today? Have you done yours? Without the word, how can we encourage each other daily? How can we pass on the warmth of kindness we've received to others? Colossians Church, you need to know. Colossians 3.18 Let the word of Christ dwell richly in your lives. Let it dwell there. Let it be a living presence there, richly in your lives. We are to be filled with Jesus and his words like a royal palace is filled with all the riches of artefacts and paintings and all the rest of it. Now yesterday I was in my son's house and he was doing serious DIY stuff and he had the biggest, loudest drill I've ever heard of. Those who were fortunate had ear defenders and if you didn't you were in trouble. But are we wearing the world's ear defenders... To drown out the word of God. Think about that. Are there things that are stopping us hearing? We sang that song. Listen to the timing of it. May the word of Christ dwell richly in my heart from month to month. It doesn't say that, does it? From hour to hour. So that all may see our triumph only through his power. Hour to hour. See, the unbeliever looks at the world and he comes along with all this scientific equipment to examine, search data, explain findings. But when we've been enlightened by the living word, we bow down and we worship. 
the God who condescends to speak to us, the meek, the lowly in spirit, those are the ones who are blessed in Jesus' sight. Remember the words which Jesus spoke to the churches in Revelation? These are the words of the first and the last one. The one who was dead and came to life again. The one who has a sharp two-edged sword, whose eyes flame like fire, who's a faithful and true witness. Hear, all who have ears to hear, what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Did they hear? Did they listen? Did they act? Did they repent from their wrong first love and return to their true first love? Did they see how spiritually poor they were and seek the spiritual riches that only God can grant us? Now we do not need to be afraid this morning because the voice of God is a friendly voice. The good shepherd speaks words of love to his sheep. And the good news is he's not only after 99% returns. The one is important with God. The one is important with God. You are so important, you cannot realise how important you are. But we live in a world of voices and instant news that seems too busy to pay attention to the heavenly voice. So maybe the Lord is saying to you and me this morning, be still and know that I am God. Or be still and know I am that I am. We need to stand firm, as Moses said to God's people. See the deliverance the Lord's about to bring you today. The Lord fights for us. We only have to be still. He is the saviour of the stranded and the struggler. Our strength and safety is not in lots of noise and activity, but in the silence that allows God's work to speak, voice to speak. We need to wait on and for the Lord, which seems to be a bit out of fashion these days. A.W. Tozer, the fellow and I have been reading a lot lately, tells us to wait humbly on the Lord with the written word before us, on our knees, which seemed to be where he did most of his theology, and then the Holy Spirit will shine the light of Christ within. Then we will hear Jesus speaking to us in the depths of our heart. Can there be a better voice to hear? And we can safely preach a friendly heaven. Colossians 1.20 Through Christ God chose to reconcile the whole universe to himself. Making peace through the shedding of Jesus' blood upon the cross. To reconcile all things through Christ alone. We have the gospel in a single sentence. Christ crucified and risen. A victory over sin and death and the devil. Putting us right with God. And see behind the mystery of sin how God's providence and loving wisdom works. He makes man in his own image, so he creates a world that Christ can later appropriately enter. So Christ comes to defeat Satan in the territory he's tied to make his own, of Adam, of human flesh and blood. So at the cross we see three wonderful things. Sometimes terrible things too. At the cross we see what sin deserved. And we are very, very low. We ought to be. And then we see what God's holiness demanded, and it's way up there, far, far above what we could ever do. But then there we go, the absolute wonder, what his love decided to do. Praise the Lord for that, what his love decided to do. The mega cost of punishment, pardon and peace. We do not have a silent God who suddenly suddenly spoken in a book and when the book's finished, lapses into silence again. He is speaking this morning. What is the product of God's life-changing world? 
It's a harvest of changed lives right through the whole world. We have that warning again. Today, if you hear his voice speaking, do not harden your hearts. In uh, Canada, they have a Thanksgiving Day as they do in America. And as a certain newsman, every year he had the job of giving this message on Thanksgiving Day. And he'd gone through all the sort of topics that he could possibly think of. What am I going to do this year? Right, I'm going to do something radical. I'm going to take as much of Deuteronomy 8 as I can pack into my columns. I'm going to put it into the... And I'm going to see what happens. And he wasn't sure what happens. And the feedback he had was your words in that column were more relevant to the present-day Canada than they were to ancient Canaan. That's because God speaks. Let's learn a lesson from God's people today. Disobedience disqualified them from the promised land. But God's special and blessed rest waits for all who trust Christ, everyone who takes him at his word. Rest does not mean inactivity. It means the ultimate in peace and joy and harmony that only the living world can give to his people. We're almost at the end, but we haven't come to Hebrews 4.12, which reminds us the word of God is alive and active. It cuts sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces, pierces right deep down where life and spirit divide, and it sifts the thoughts and the purposes of the heart. It goes deep down where no human can go, to the bits of me that nobody else knows, and the bits of you that nobody else knows too. The living word of God penetrates deep to the inmost recesses of a spiritual being. To it, but He's not here to He's not there to hurt us. His purpose is to heal us. If you were going into surgery tomorrow, you get a phone call. Sorry, the usual surgeon's not available. But you have a guy who's acted as a technician in the past, I'm sure he could do a good job. You may not be too keen on entering that hospital. We have a saviour who's an expert surgeon. When he cuts pipe out of our lives, it's not because he enjoys doing the cutting. It's because he wants us to be more like him. He wants, his, wants us to come closer to him. He cuts deep so he can heal us and we know that by his wounds we are healed. Those words, I've never understood it. How can one person's wounds heal somebody else? But it's the wonder of God that he does that. He has done it. He keeps on doing it. So the challenge remains to us. Will we let the voice of our heart-searching God penetrate our defences, bring his light into our darkest spaces? Our eternal welfare depends on hearing heeding at the living word of the living God. Sadly, in our generation, many have trained their ears not to hear. Let's let the living word have the last word this morning. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never, ever pass away. Here I stand at the door and knock, says Jesus. If anybody hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. These words are faithful, they're trustworthy and true. Blessed is the one who keeps the words contained in his book. So the Lord Jesus Christ, the living word, speaks today to you and me and he gives witness to these things as he says to us, surely I am coming soon. May it be the response of all our hearts this morning to say, even so come, Lord Jesus, come. Amen. Amen. Let's turn to our hymn books.